0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Manchester is Red podcast here by the Manchester Evening News. I am your host today Ash Barami and I am always pleased to be joined by Tyrone Marshall. Good afternoon. And Charlotte Dunker. Hello. How are we both doing? Uh, all right. Yeah, a little bit tired. Miserable
1: day. It's a bit of a grim day. but
0: Miserable football.
1: Six months of that to go mate. The... Miserable day, that is. And well, possibly the football as well. I'm the football as well, yeah, going to say. It's not commit to it just yet.
2: I'm going to another international break, so we're all really excited about that. The
0: international break that's probably coming at the right time for United, you could say. I mean, Charlotte, after that game, De came out and said, everything's going wrong for United at the moment. He's not wrong, is he?
2: No, I thought it was bang on from him, and it's good to have a bit of honesty, because I don't know... Mourinho went too Mourinho sometimes went too far didn't he in his criticism of the team and the players but I also think it gets a bit boring when you hear a manager coming out and the team's not playing well they're not creating chances they're not scoring they've lost against the side that are likely to get relegated and he's happy with the performance and you just think what? And for a player to come out and be honest, what's going wrong? Everything, and he's right. There's mistakes at the back. There's no creativity in midfield. They're not converting any of their chances. Everything is going wrong. So at least someone's coming out and being honest about the situation.
1: Well, that was a good podcast, wasn't it? that <laughs> on the head. I think that's covered everything. <laughs> Let's go. Thank you. And goodbye. <laughs> uh, Ty, where, where where do United go
0: for me? I mean, uh, they do have on obviously a players players to come back, on but it just it just. <laughs> It just seems, everything's just flat and everything just seems wrong, but and you, you just don't know
1: where they go. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, it's hard to see a way out of it really at the moment. I think they're having people like Martial and Pogba back will, will certainly help. Defensively I don't think they're a million miles away, to be fair. I think you bring Wang Bissaka in there and Lindelof back in and you're probably looking stronger and sure at left-back and, you know, defensively they've not been disastrous, although I thought it was a bizarre move. The Rocco substitution and Moving three defenders around to to accommodate him yesterday was a bizarre substitution, a bizarre move rather. Um, But defensively, I don't think it's disastrous at the moment. No, because
2: offensively, if they'd been scoring any of their chances, then they wouldn't have lost the games that they've lost or dropped the points that they've dropped because the defence aren't the biggest part of
1: the problem. No, exactly. Midfield and attack is the biggest part of the problem. And, I mean, they're not even creating chances, no. They're just... They're, there's just no chances, really, apart from Maguire's header yesterday. Young almost got in in the second half and slid a ball across. There was James's cross to Rashford, but, you know, I mean, they're not even chances, really, too. them were crosses that were cut out. They're just so... Such isolated events. And it was the same in Holland. They just did not look... They didn't look like creating a chance, never mind scoring. They're just... They are a million miles off it going forward. They're a long, long way off it. There is no creativity. There's no spark in that team. If anything, it's too structured. There's absolutely no spontaneity in attack. It's easy to play against. It's a slow build-up. There's nothing unpredictable about it. It's just, defensively, it's just a complete disaster, to be honest, and I can't... I mean, having Martial back will help because he... He brings a little bit of unpredictability. He brings a lot of pace, but that's not an issue. And but
2: it also means that Rashford isn't playing in a position that really he shouldn't be playing
1: in. Rashford shouldn't be playing full stop at the moment. The guy's head's gone. He clearly, clearly needs a break. And I feel It sorry. looks like
0: a fitness issue as well, doesn't it? I think that. it's a
1: little bit of a fitness thing, but his confidence is just shot to pieces, completely shot. And he shouldn't be in a position where he's having to play every week and, and lead the line at the moment. He's a young player who's already played 180-odd games for United in what's been a difficult, mostly a difficult era for the club. He had Solskjaer saying he was a striker last year. Now we've got Solskjaer saying he's not sure if he's a striker. Yeah, he's playing him as a striker every night and he's not sure he's a striker.
2: And the, he's the saying and he's, saying he he's the only option, basically. Yeah, and he is
1: the only option at the moment, but he doesn't know where he is. He just looks like a player who needs to be taken out of the firing line and given a rest, but... It can't be really, and that's—it's almost negligent at United that he's in that position because they just at the moment they are completely ruining him.
0: Were you surprised not to see uh, Greenwood start? Or is Um, is he still just too young? I think that's too
2: much pressure as well on him. I think it's all well and good. I can understand why the fans want him in the starting 11. And yeah, he's the one that's scored the goals, but that was against Rochdale and the champions of Kazakhstan. He's not popping up and scoring three against Chelsea, is he? He's a young lad. It's really exciting for him that he's in around the first team. He's got plenty of potential. He gets the fans excited, but... Put him in and say, oh, we're losing 1-0 against Newcastle. Pop up yeah. and find an equaliser. It's too much pressure. They should have enough quality in that team to create chances and score goals without having to rely on an 18-year-old.
1: You've got to play the long game with these talents coming through. It's the same with Garner. And I know there's a clamour for him to start and you can understand why, because can't. you wouldn't have thought he could do much worse than Matic and Fred, really. But he's 18 with barely any experience of senior football. Greenwood's 18, with very little experience of senior football you put them in this team that's struggling at the moment Where there's, you know this club at the moment is engulfed by crisis and it's you know it's the same every every week brings a new inquest and in a way I feel a bit sorry for United because no club of this size has had this sort of fall from grace in the sort of social media 24 hour news cycle
2: yeah because when Liverpool did it Twitter wasn't around Liverpool
1: in the 90s Twitter wasn't around they could just get on with it it'd be on the you know be on the back page of the papers in the morning, but it's forgotten by the afternoon. With, with United at the moment, it's just, it, it is like the, the whole club is caught in a storm and it just can't, it can't find a way out of the storm and every week brings an inquest you, there's an instant judgement after every game and at the moment the instant judgement is terrible. You look at Chelsea on the first weekend of the season, the instant judgement was this is going to be brilliant and that's just the age we live in, but I think it makes it difficult for a club like United to find a way out of that and by I think if you throw youngsters into that and start youngsters and say, find a way out of this for us, you know, you might, you might see, you might see a, a slight upturn, but I don't think long-term it's going to do Greenwood and Garner any good to be playing week in, week out in this team. At the Well, moment. it's
2: like Chong, isn't it? He was brought, he played in those two games. He was pretty dreadful oh. all over Twitter. If you read anything on social media about him, it's get him out. He's not good enough. And You'd like to think that they don't go home and they don't read what people are saying about them, but if you're trend, if you're 18 years Yet. old and you're trending on Twitter for all the bad reasons, it's not going to boost their confidence, is it? Yeah, they're into the first team, but and it's stuff like that. How are they going to get and them pick themselves up for the next game? And they shouldn't be relying. They shouldn't be in a position where they've got to rely on these kids.
1: No, Saltsgard's Sol- making mistakes at the moment, but I think his handling of the kids has actually been. Pretty good so far, and I think he's right not to to throw them into the deep end and see if they can swim. Really, they need to be handled with care, and more care than
0: yeah. than it's, that. It's interesting as well you do mention about the young kids because I mean, Rashford himself he's only he's only twenty one years old yeah. himself. He's only three, that's only three years older than Greenwood is, for example. But it just goes to show the pressure that's on on these on the players' shoulders, especially the young ones. Is is there a short term fix to this tie? I mean. Does United just have to simply stick with Solskjaer and hope the results turn or wait till January, maybe? Is the, yeah, is I, the solution short term?
1: I mean, short term, it's get players back and, and hope they improve for that. But I think there's still going to be issues there. I think, I mean, cre- creativity is the biggest problem in this squad, and that was obvious in the summer. And I don't think Pogba will necessarily solve that because I don't think he's a hugely creative player. He, you know, he, he can sort of drive forward, he can find the odd world class pass, but. Being a sort of a creative number eight or number 10, it's not particularly his game, and that's what they're missing, creativity from midfield. Beyond that, I don't think there is a short-term solution. You look at that bench at the weekend, and I don't think you're looking... you know When you're looking at a 17-year-old to come on and change the game, it shows you're in trouble. As good as that 17... or well he's 18 now, isn't he? As good mm-hmm. as that 18-year-old in Greenwood might be. And I don't... It's hard to see at the moment what the quick fix is, but at the same time, I don't think... Sacking Salzburg going to help, and I don't think United are. I just don't near think that,
0: they're going to gonna do it because no, no what would that. it what, is, what would it take for that to happen? Do you think? It, I just even th- in question? I just
2: think they made the decision, <laughs> rightly or wrongly. Personally, I think wrongly, to give him the job when they gave it him. And as soon as they made that decision, and as soon as they gave him the license to come up with this new blueprint to put his own plans into place they've got to stick with him now and they've got to let him see out these plans you can't tell somebody right here you go it's a blank canvas start from the beginning we know it's going to be a rebuild we know it's going to take time and then because you don't like the way it's going after two months say well this isn't going the way we thought it was you're out because where do they go from there they're back to square one again and with who they wanted someone who's got the United philosophy the right way of thinking he's got that He's not got the right players. They're not playing in the right way. The only way we're going to see if whose problem that is, is over time. And everyone knows the problems don't just lie with the manager. The problems go deep, deep throughout the club. They need to structurally change so much in there and look at the owners as well.
1: They've invested too much faith in Solskjaer to sack him now. It would just...
2: It would make absolutely no sense. It would make
1: no sense. And from a club point of view, from an Edward Ed Wood point of view, it would make them look completely ridiculous to sack him now. They've you know, they've almost gambled their reputations on this appointment working. So there's no way they're going to sack him at the first sign of a bad run. If this is still going on in January, then maybe you start to panic and, and think about a change. But at the moment, I think we're a long, long way away from United thinking of a change of manager. A long way away.
2: Right, I think you look on Twitter... Because that's where people look. Ollie out was trending. I do not believe that that is the view of the regular match going supporter at all. I just think it's very easy for anyone to sit there behind a keyboard and type something. You don't even know where the majority of those tweets were coming from, as in which supporters. Mm -hmm. Although I'm sure Liverpool and City supporters are quite fond of Ollie being in, so (laughs) I'm not sure they're going to be tweeting Ollie out, but. They was it with the United fans knew away and they were singing about Glazers out. They weren't singing about Solsha.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, you look at this the central central striker position. I mean, they got Greenwood, well, they got Ashford, twenty one and eighteen years old. I mean, mm-hmm. Ty, do you think there's a bit of a surprise there that they may be allowed to allow to let Alexis and Lukaku go at the same time without ever replacement? considered?
1: Yes, I mean, I uh, it's, it it does look. Bad now, when it perhaps wasn't the wisest move at the time. I actually didn't think it was such a terrible decision in the summer. I think Solskjaer's been a little bit unlucky around injuries. Although there is perhaps an argument there that I think he, you know, he is perhaps causing some of these injuries. By the way, he's, he's working. Then we spoke to him afterwards on Thursday night, and he said again the players' fitness levels still aren't good enough, and almost hinted that at the moment injuries are going to be a necessary evil to improve fitness, but you haven't got the strength in depth to, to cope with that at the moment. But I don't you can see when he made that decision not to replace those two he could see he was thinking a long term plan here and that those two do not fit especially Lukaku he does not fit Soscar's way of playing so it was a bold decision he probably made it thinking he would get a replacement in to be fair but I, I didn't think it was such a disaster at the time obviously now it doesn't look great when United are struggling to score goals Um in games like Sunday Lukaku Solsk- uh, would probably help but in the bigger games against Arsenal he, he wouldn't have done he that's, those aren't his games and he doesn't suit how um, Solskjaer wants to play and I watched I watched him to last night and Lukaku was absolutely dreadful and it's the same old problems his first touch is atrocious he doesn't bring others into play and he just at the speed at which Solskjaer wants to play although we're not seeing much of it at the moment Lukaku does not fit that
0: mm-hmm. Charlotte were
2: you surprised that you let them go without
1: no. without a replacement
0: in mind already to come in and fill that void of because at the end of the day I mean we say Lukaku probably wasn't good enough but it's the numbers at the end of the day that he delivered and I mean yeah he'd, and he was United's he'd top give goals. goalscorer yeah. so
2: I'm not I don't think it was the wrong decision to let either of them go because they didn't well Sanchez for one didn't bring anything to the team so there was no point in keeping him on the like, at the club and Lukaku. I I can understand like Tyrone says why he let him go. He just doesn't fit the system that Solskjaer wants to play. The bigger surprise is the fact that they should have signed a replacement. So no, it, I'm not surprised. And do I think it was the wrong decision to let them go? No. Was it the wrong decision not to bring someone else in? Of course it was because look what's happening to them now. They're relying on Rashford and he's out of form. Martial's injured you've got an 18 year old is your only other backup option so yeah the squad is bare, and they're just this is what happens when you don't buy properly in the transfer window and it's did not come as shouldn't have come as a surprise to them that Lukaku was going to leave it's not just cropped up on right near the end of Mm -hmm. the transfer window all surprise he wants to go they knew that they had time to plan and they should have been ready to buy a replacement
1: yeah, I mean, so many of these problems come back to the transfer window. And you know United are patting themselves on the back for having a good transfer window. It's just completely, it's ridiculous. They've signed three good players and all three are doing well. And all three are good signings, quite clearly. But to think that three signings was enough to fill the holes in that squad is just absolutely incredible that they thought that was ever going to be enough
0: what what are the other holes besides obviously striker striker central midfield
1: right wing I mean you need at least two central midfielders since January they've lost Fellaini and Herrera and not replaced either and you look at I mean I put this in my piece from from Thursday night but going to Newcastle you had a choice between having to play one of Matic or Fred in midfield if you still got Fellaini in there out of those three. Fellaini, for me, would start ahead of those two by a long, long way in a yeah. midfielder way at Newcastle. A long way. And they've not replaced him still. And he left in January. And they lost Herrera, and they've still not replaced that's him. through their
0: own fault. Through their well. own
1: fault. But they knew he was going at the end of last season. So that's a midfielder you lost in January and sold, agreed to sell. A midfielder you lost on a free transfer that you know knew was going in May. And you've not signed a replacement for either. I mean, it's just... Incredible that you thought that was ever going to be enough to, to get through this season.
0: Yeah, Charlotte, do you think the solution is putting more money into buying high-profile quality players? Oh, it does have to be almost like a balance between keeping the fifth in the youth in the young players and adopting that strategy again of going out and spending big sums of money
2: yeah I think there's a definite balance to be had and Solskjaer appears to be the right manager to do that because he wants to bring through the youth and give them an uh, an opportunity but you can't lose experienced players and not replace them because if you look at that uh, first choice starting 11 how many world class players have you got in that team arguably what one Pogba and he's yeah. not been great this season at all. So if your world-class player has been off, you've just got a very mediocre team and how are they ever going to compete? start to challenge again, even for the top four, let alone the title, with such a mediocre squad. It needs to be a balance of squad players, youth, youth team players and a handful of world-class players. If you look back at the squads that Ferguson won the league with, there were there wasn't twenty world class names in there. There was a lot of squad players in there. And when you when the team sheets got read out, for years Darren Fletcher, when he was starting, people would roll their eyes, huff and puff. He missed the Champions League final. And everyone was like, what a miss. He's missing the Champions League final. And it's players like that that put a shift in. Squad players, they get the club, they work hard. A bit like what Scott McTominay is doing at the minute. He's not a world-class player, but he has been one of United's best players this season. They need a balance of them all. And at the minute, they just don't have a balance of anything.
1: Also, if you put these squad players into a midfield and a team that is fully functioning, that knows their roles, that has other world-class players in there, and it elevates their yeah. performance. If you put, uh, I mean, I think these two are both on Boratama United, it's probably a bad example, but say you had Fred and Matic as backup midfielders, but you had a first choice world class midfield, three, maybe two world class midfielders and an elite level midfielder, a proper functioning unit, and you took one out and had to bring Fred in, he would probably look a lot better in a midfield that knew its role and was one of the best midfields in the league. But at the moment, you don't, you're asking them to do jobs that. You know they are not at that level to, to you know to to move United forward. If, if they came into a team that was, and it was only one or two changes, then they would look a lot better. But at the moment, they're being asked to lead the revolution. And
2: someone like Fred as well, which we've spoken about time and time again. Every single time he is given a chance, he must feel the need to impress, to prove himself. And then sometimes you can just try too hard and. Mm-hmm. still we haven't seen what he can do is he any good who knows because he doesn't get a chance when he does get a chance he isn't very good so why should he get
0: put back in the team well we spoke on the last podcast didn't we with Dom and we said we need to run of games so I mean you'd have to stick with Fred for the next three four games and that's to see the best to see at least uh, see Fred in four or five games and you can probably get a better judgment of what he what he's like if you know he's going to play week in, week out. That's that, probably what they don't have to do, is
2: True, it? but then that's put... The manager is going to have to put a lot of faith in someone that if they're not performing on the training pitch, which is presumably why he's not been getting in yeah. the first 11 in the first place, to then, if he has a mediocre game, keep starting and keep starting. At what point do you then think, well, I have to give up on this experiment and pull him out? But it's chicken and egg, isn't it? Do you give him a go, regardless of how bad he is, to see if he needs a run of games to... Finally, click or do you hook him after half an hour because he's rubbish?
0: Mm. Interesting. Um, I mean, we've spoke for twenty minutes about everything negative about United. We've probably exhausted the entire. Are there list.
2: positives right now, Ash? <sighs> well, they're on th- the bottom three.
0: I actually asked that in the office just earlier, and one of the suggestions I got was Axel Tuanzebe, and he has he, he's yeah. been he's been a, he's been a positive hasn't he for Definitely. United this season? Mm-hmm. And That's Solskjaer lovely. praised him. After after the game, Ty, um, what what do you make of Twan
1: rise now at United? Yeah, I think he's been he has been a positive this season. He's been one of the better players. Um, you know, we talk about throwing these youngsters in, and he's a bit older at twenty one than than sort of you know Greenwood and Garner at eighteen that we're talking about. But he's he's got a lot of character about him as well, clearly. And I think at the start of you know in the summer, he was probably United's sixth or seventh choice centre half. Really, he was probably more likely to go on loan and. Although there was hope that he might show his potential and get ahead of the likes of Jones and Smalling, I don't think anyone simply thought it was a certainty to happen, but he has worked his way up and he's now first reserve at centre-half, really. And he has been an undoubted positive. Um, like I say, I thought it was bizarre that he was moved yesterday to accommodate Rocco coming on and playing Rocco at left centre-back and moving Maguire to right centre-back and then moving Twanzabi out to right-back and Young to left-back. I just thought that was really strange management, but... I think Twanzebi has been an undoubted positive And that's the one area at the moment that you have got. If one of Lindelof and Maguire gets an injury, ring are and you'd feel pretty confident at the, the strength and depth there. So yeah, I think he's been a, a huge positive. That's Ash snapping his pen. Got,
2: yeah. Got in very range. angry there. <laughs> <laughs> very emotive. <laughs> I think he's one of the examples as well as why these young players really benefit from going out on loan. Um, to a championship side. If you compare his performances now to before he went and had his stint at Villa, he looks so much more composed on the ball now. His physicality's improved. Everything about him, he's a much more rounded footballer and he's putting in better performances. But it's interesting because I was ha- having the conversation with Neil Wood, the under 23's. Um, manager and also um, Kovar and they talk about they're in the leaston.com trophy this year the need to play men's football and they're coming up against these men's teams as opposed to the under 23 teams and it's a more physical test and sending them out on loan they're going to get that week in week out and that's the only way they're going to improve but United's current squad situation as it is at the minute these young players who really should be maybe going out on loan for six months to the championship to improve, can't because Solskjaer needs them in his team. So in some ways, the younger players are suffering because, again, the transfer strategy
0: wasn't right. Yeah. On, on Twanzeby, I mean, United Fullyford fully fed back four. Do you think there's any shout for him maybe getting in maybe ahead of Lindelof in that back four? He is one of the only ma- major positive players. So, like signs for United he so it's yeah. odd for him not to get into the team
1: yeah but at the same time it's the one area of strength for United at the moment and although Lindelof's been been shaky I think he's been better of late I thought he was good in Holland on, on Thursday night and obviously picked up that unfortunate injury but he was good in that game I think I think Lindelof and Maguire is probably your first choice partnership at the moment um, but I think you know Twanzeb is certainly a capable deputy and more than capable of filling in and you know he should be for me he should be starting every European game I don't know why he didn't start on, on Thursday night that's ideal experience and
2: for that's, that's why it's lucky for him that they're in the Europa League yeah. and they're still in the League Cup because Yerry yeah, might not be in the first choice centre back pairing but Solskjaer needs to rotate his team playing Thursday Sunday so that means he should get a decent amount of games this season
0: yeah We hear a lot as well about international breaks coming at the wrong time. Do you think this one's coming at a a right time for United? Gives them some time to maybe get some players. I don't know. I feel like
2: we said this in the in the last international break that the break was coming at the right time to really help them hone all their ideas. What would that would that have been?
0: I think the March, last last season, then, last, didn't No, there no there's been September. one this season. Has there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, we're in October now. Were you we on holiday or something, Nash? Yeah. I think I was, actually.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Passed you by. Yeah. Yes, we've I already was, had yeah. one international break yeah. this season. I completely
1: forgot about that. Apologies. <laughs> the problem for United with this international break is that it's only two weeks long, as they all are. For it to have come at a good time, I think it probably needs to be about two months long. Yeah. Uh, so. End we,
2: the season now and pick up again after yeah, yeah. two
1: transfer window. If they could open it in at the end of January, maybe then uh, it might have come at a good time for United. But I'm not sure this one will make a huge amount of difference. I mean, it might it might help if they can get Pogba and Martial back to face Liverpool. That would that would make a difference. To be fair. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's only one weekend. But
2: even those two, on their own, they're not going to be the answer no. to completely changing this team that hasn't managed to score more than one goal in a game since they beat Chelsea on the opening day of the season, and that's in any competition. Bringing them back, yeah, two good players that they're missing, that is not going to change. They're not. They're not going to turn up against Liverpool and smash five past them if if Pogba and Martial are fit. And sometimes you watch these United performances and you genuinely think. What on earth have you been working on in training?
1: They're just so devoid of ideas going forward. They're they're like no Man United team I've seen in a long time going forward.
0: This is a very negative podcast. It is.
1: Yeah, that was Ah. meant to be a positive, wasn't it? We turned it back to a negative. Completely
0: united for that. It made me snap my pen. (laughs) But I mean, this this national break gives time for United to maybe get some players back. And it's only the small matter of Liverpool just after they come back. and. Solskjaer and his press comments after the game hinted at maybe a tactical change. Do you think that's something they might have to consider going into Liverpool, change of formation? They need something, don't they? So
2: I know, but looking at the way things are going at the minute, what that something is, goodness only knows. I think you could put 11 men behind the ball against Liverpool and they could still go out there and win. So it's just anything could happen.
1: I mean, the most obvious tactical change would be to play three at the back probably <laughs> maybe match up the front that's, three uh, yeah but that, that
2: never works out well either no, does it no it doesn't
1: work out well and it's a sign of you know it's, it's a sign of negativity really isn't it going to a back three and I don't think I think it's very it's football manager type levels of management isn't it to think they've got three great forwards let's play three centre halves you know just Liverpool's three forwards don't just sit there and occupy that space so I don't think playing three centre halves is necessarily the way to combat it it's all a little bit too obvious really um, whether they will or not I don't know but you'd think that's the most obvious plan and at least playing three centre-halves would allow you to get Twanzibi, Lindelof and Maguire in the same team and perhaps ease the issues at central midfield but then you're struggling to get James in the team perhaps and also I don't am not really sure they've got wing-back options
0: Yeah, I mean we saw United have injury, injury problems going into Liverpool last season they managed to get a draw is there any any sort of optimism on your behalf Charlotte going into that game? as things stand right now right now probably
2: not no just being realistic and I get called negative Nancy but being realistic you've got to see United aren't scoring more than one goal are they likely to concede more than one goal against Liverpool I'm going to say yes so are they going to outscore their opponent no
1: I think the, the biggest thing United have got going for them is that teams are still worried about coming to Old Trafford we saw it with Arsenal and they were quite defensive there thing. is
2: absolutely no way that Jurgen Klopp's <laughs> Liverpool side.
1: But they were, were they were last year though. They not, had their chance. There is
2: absolutely no way they're gonna to come to Old Trafford and be worried that they're not gonna get a result.
1: Really? Uh, yeah, I think so. They were last year when they came to Old Trafford and drew 0-0 and you saw those injuries United got, and at no point did Liverpool grip that game. At no point did Liverpool think, This is our game, we can take this game. They were you know, if anything, even despite those injuries, United looked the more likely winners. And so I think there's always, at the moment, there is still a hang-up for teams, especially big teams, coming to Old Trafford. And I think Liverpool will go to Old Trafford and maybe not fear it, but I think they'll be wary of it, definitely. Just like I think Arsenal were wary of going to Old Trafford um, a week ago.
0: I would say, though, the probably only difference was United were probably in a better run of form going into that game.
1: They were, they were, but they had a lot of injuries and then they had to make three subs in the first half. So I think there was a general feeling that they were probably there for the taking that day with all the injuries they'd got. But, you know, Liverpool didn't really attack that game and United looked looked the more likely winners. And I think we've just seen it. You know, I, th- I thought we saw it with Arsenal. I mean, they were really negative first half uh, against United. And it was United side that were playing dreadfully in that first 45 minutes last week. But at no point did Arsenal kind of sense that the game was there for the taking for them. And I think there is still, there's still an aura around Old Trafford and United at Old Trafford, whether it's deserved or not and at the moment it's clearly not but there is still an aura there and I would imagine there's, there'd certainly be a wariness about Liverpool approaching that game and a fear that there's always a chance you end up with egg in your face at Old Trafford
0: yeah we shall see this is probably going to be up there with the most Pessimistic podcasts that we've recorded.
1: But, yeah, good luck finding a title for this.
0: <laughs> yeah, at least there's been no, nothing explicit to have to censor out. So that's, Still that's, time. that's one good thing. Thanks, Charlotte. Thanks, thank thanks, thanks Ty. No um, if you haven't already subscribed to the Manchester's Red podcast by whichever platform you listen to us on, we will be back probably just before the international break finishes and where we'll preview the Liverpool game, probably a bit more in depth. So until then, thank you for listening and we shall see you next time.